Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And welcome to the AEW Rampage Baby Preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dudley boy Michael Hamflit to discuss everything that's in store for us on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview this is Rampage Baby, but AEW Dynamite, WWE Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, premium live events, pay-per-views. <laughs> we have wrestling roundtable discussions, we have interviews with professional wrestlers, and we host a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Are you ready for a 7 out of 10 edition of This Is Rampage, baby? I don't know if I can ever be ready. Look, I'm gonna speak out of turn here on a podcast, bit of a behind-the-curtain stuff. Inside baseball. Inside baseball. Despite his uh, cool podcast demeanor, the thing I love the most about Michael Sidgwick is he is a good egg. You are a good egg, a good person, a good colleague, a great colleague. Greatly. Greatly. Love working with you. And Me one, too. Of the, one of the reasons. And you is. <laughs> one of the reasons, like, see, I'm punk in the mirror. I'm trying to be a good guy. I love you. I love you. <laughs> like, it's because about every sort of third Friday ish, you'll be like, I haven't said you've done enough SmackDowns. It's fine. Like, we'll swap this week. And then a couple of weeks ago, I surprised you, didn't I? Because, like, no, I don't want Rampage. I don't want freaking Rampage. <laughs> you, do you watch it? Like, it's, it's, it's fine, isn't it? It's fine. Like, SmackDown is pure nonsense to the extent where you can kind of, if they haven't given you anything, you can make up what might be on the show. And then it might be, and you look like a soothsayer. And if it's not, in on you. It's on Vince McMahon for tearing up the script an hour before yes. the showtime. Rampage has already happened. We avoid the spoilers, obviously. Um, but it's functional often more than it is fun. That's fair to say at this point, isn't it? Like the, the eight and Last nine. week's was awesome. Yeah, it was really, really good. Rampage was way better than Dynamite last week. But those are rule-proven exception weeks for AEW, aren't they? Um, but because Dynamite was such a ripper, I don't know if Rampage can follow it. Like Rampage has got to be the little engine that could this week because that live crowd were treated to the probably the best Dynamite of the year. Yeah, say. it was certainly up there. Like three, regardless of like where you're at with the storylines or the angle developments in general, like three matches that most people would say were above four stars. Yeah. And then one that was like subjectively way better than it had any right to be and so on and so on and so on. So when last week's Rampage was just a, thank God for these good wrestling matches after a really wonky Dynamite this week is, well, how the hell do we follow that? Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I have this little routine where, because it's only an hour, 
and my UK wrestling fan internal alarm clock. I was up at five this morning. Mm. It's like the one week working day of the week on non on pay per view weeks. I get one sort of remote lie in, yeah, which is the time the kids wake up. Right? <laughs> Usually, it's three getting up very early days. But Friday is like there's never any wrestling on that week cover. Um, I'm shattered because I'm up at four watching Dynamite. But this morning, I just I get up at five. Like my body is yeah. UK wrestling fan body. So usually I just get up at six. I stir at six. All right, I gotta watch this is Rampage Baby <laughs> before the kids wake up. And it's just a nice little. Ah. There's something to this, you know, like the how it's it's with all television now. Obviously Netflix, if if you're binging something or whatever, there's very little water cooler wrestling beyond maybe I would say a Dynamite or a really bizarre Raw. Like, those are the only two water cooler wrestling moments you get anymore. And it's like Wilborn talking about a SmackDown that Roman Reigns is on. The reason he puts his finger in the air and gets so excited is that finger goes straight on the fast-forward button. Yes. And he's just reduced the amount of work he has to do on a weekend. Situational wrestling watching dictating how much you enjoy the show. Yeah, I know. Like, makes such a difference now, doesn't it? These premium live events where we're, like, covering them live and they're short, really yes. short. It's like, WWE have done it again. Like, that's... Like, everyone has a version of that now. Yeah. Like, especially in the UK, it's maybe different in America where of an evening you just sit down and it's eight o'clock and we will never get this, will we? Yeah. We'll never be able to wrap our heads around the idea that you might sit down eight o'clock at night. It'll be so awesome. On a Monday evening. It'll be much better. Stick your wrestling on. It'll just be like, so yeah. much better. I get why Raw's an institution, even at three hours, I get Yeah, it. I know. Like, because even if it just sat there in the background of your night, there's worse things to stick on in the background. Absolutely. Some wrestling, isn't there? I totally get why British wrestling fans are known to be pedantic and miserable. Like, yeah. I absolutely get it. Um, but yeah, usually if there's a match that I've heard raves and raves about the, the phone, the alarm will go off at half five because the earliest fingers crossed that my kids tend to wake up is half six. That's the earliest. Right. So if it was Danielson Kingston, mm. that gets the half five alarm. If it's the second Andrade pack match, which got raves that gets whole episode was getting buzzed last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if it's, uh, Suzuki Danielson, which was live, but yes. it was guaranteed to be great. That gets the half five. That's why it's worse when the liars have read it. Tell you that something's yeah, four and a half stars. Is she in cool? Absolutely <laughs> was not anywhere near four stars. But yeah, this is not getting the half five. But you know, it should be good. And I've actually received a live in-person non-spoiler report from um, Morgan um, Philoxene. That is, but uh, <laughs> thank you very much for Morgan um, for letting me know that in fact um, the opening match is an absolute ripper, and the rest of it uh, of Rampage is to a good standard. So we might as well start there. Yeah, um, it was a bit confusing because it was Hangman Page, Silver, and Reynolds getting interviewed uh, by Tony Schiavone backstage, and it seemed to suggest that there's going to be a trios match on Rampage tonight. That's not the case because um, I don't even believe the graphic flashed up during the no, rundown. No. Maybe is an incidental point. They are. Even though they've got matches sorted, they're not announcing everything on TV just to make his job a little bit easier. Yeah. But anyway, it's go he did have an extra pay-per-view to promote, didn't he? Like, that say, yeah, got maybe this realised, yeah. So um, it's going to be Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King. As I talk, you might hear some um, noise in the background coming through the microphones. Uh, electrical works continue to happen at yeah. uh, What Culture Towers. So if it gets too much of a nuisance, we'll stop talking. But at the minute, it should be okay. Anyway, Kings of the Black Throne versus Silver and Reynolds in your um, opener. It's meant to be electrifying. Um... 
if it isn't, just blame Morgan. Uh, <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't. Um, he called me Lord Sidgwick in, in, on Twitter, That's so great. he's obviously going to be a mega fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really excited for this match. One, because of the quality indication we've received very kindly from Morgan, but also I just kind of thought this would bang anyway, and it's yeah. something I'm massively into. John Silver versus Brody King in this context is going to be absolutely fantastic. Like, you're going to get um, that ridiculous rocket-fueled um, John Silver, like, sprinting, kicking into people's face, mm. and you're going to get Brody King either defiantly no-sell it and then sell it because he has to, or it's going to get cut off or it's going to happen again. And Reynolds is really underrated as a wrestler as well. Um, Malachi Black's got this tremendous ability to, like, bump so close to his neck where it feels like, uh, it's a bit dangerous that I don't know what you're playing at, mm -hmm. but he always lands it safely every time. And I love their tandem offense of Silver and Reynolds when they do the, um, it ends up in a German suplex, that flurry that they do. I think Malachi will sell that tremendously. Yeah, I've got high hopes for this. I've only just considered the prospect of uh, John Silver versus Claudio Castagnoli. Oh my God. <laughs> Guys running at each other. Yeah, this is... Um, this is going to sound like I'm doing one of them. Uh, yeah, it's got real Boss Baby Two vibes about this. <laughs> but this has got this is kind of like the perfect version of a dark or dark elevation main event, isn't it? There's a fairly obvious winner and a loser here, and the Dark Order are not a pressing concern on AEW television now. It was almost felt almost strange when they sidled up next to Hangman Page. It seemed to define more that Page hasn't really got much going on at the moment. That the Dark Order are back in his life. Yeah, considering that they'd all but parted ways on screen when he was the world champion. Um, so I expect them to lose. But yeah, on the way to it, it really could be quite something. It could be, you imagine that in this, if AEW is still a meritocracy, and I think it is, it's just a much bigger bloated meritocracy. You imagine sort of Silver and Reynolds wanted to go out there and remind, not the fans who they are, but maybe Tony Khan. Yeah. Like wrestling, or sort of say, well, we're not like, you know, we're not finished here. We've got like, I got a lot left in the tag. Like they want to be featured and they want to be, they want to be players again because they're not really at the moment. They're bit part players. And even on them, even on the YouTube shows, they've been like taking losses to the likes of the factory in order that the factory can be boosted enough to take losses yeah, yeah, yeah. to bigger stars, you know, which is not ideal for them. Uh, it's I like this match, but I like more what springs forth off it. I like the Page team. Malachi potentially. Yeah, Malachi Black and Hangman Page feels like a big deal. Um, not so much dream match, but just... One of the better upper-card pay-per-view matches you'll get. Absolutely. And just the idea of wrestlers that you would have paired together back when they were in different companies now getting to fight each other. It's got a lot of that about it because it's just they've just not gone near each other before. So it's really, really fresh. So it's that I like. Um, they'll probably do an Anna Jay, Julia Hart thing somewhere where Anna Jay is questioning, you know, not here tonight specifically, but, you know, like after what Ty Conti said to her about the choices she's making and should yeah. she hang around. And... I like it's the match in the meantime, as you've described, will be tidy, you know, a very tidy, very enjoyable tag team match. But it's I think I think Malachi Black could be Hangman Page's next big thing. And I'm all for that because that character needs a bit of focus, too. Yes. And the match should absolutely bang yeah. as well. Um, also on the lineup tonight, um, Jonathan Gresham defends his ROH world title against Lee Moriarty stemming from the events of last week. I expect this to be the kind of match that I'm going to rely on Excalibur's and mm. Taz's technical rundown of it to grasp what's going on. I expect this to be incredibly intricate and um, very well worked. I guess the only um, potential deflating element to this match is that the ROH stuff isn't particularly over. Um, but, you know, on paper, this should be quite incredible. And it... Um, 
opens up the door for the Death Before Dishonor main event, of which we have kind of no clue about at yeah. this point. Um, I don't know if they'll run an angle. I've not read anything um, that would indicate that they have without explicitly spoiling it. But who knows? Um, it's the obvious winner tonight, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, you got to think Jonathan Gresham retains. I'm slightly higher on this for its intent rather than for the perspective quality of the match or indeed the booking of Ring of Honor up to this point. They are, you know, we're stuck with what we're stuck with here. They're, they're using AEW to promote this Ring of Honor show because... They have to, I guess. Um, Ring of Honor doesn't feel particularly wanted by all the audience, but AEW are trying to make it seem like it's got some value. Death Before Dishonor looks like it's going to be a pretty great card. Like if you just go match by match, it's a fairly concise, nice-looking time, but it's lacking this title match. And Jonathan Gresham getting this showcase, he will win, but this showcase now is, I think, a case of better late than never. He's turned heel last week on Rampage. So if you're a regular Rampage viewer, you know at very least that he's now with Tully Blanchard and you get a little bit of a taste of what this character is. You've seen the team fall apart, which gives you a reason for this match to exist. Well, a flimsy reason, but a very, reason, very flimsy. But a reason for this match to exist, you know, in contrast to, say, some of the other Ring of Honor matches that have just been thrown out there cold to happen. Uh, so that'll help it. The result isn't in doubt, but... I, this is me just manifesting ultimately because it's just it seemed like the obvious play from the beginning. But I really want um, Jonathan Gresham and Claudio Castagnoli for Death Before Dishonor. So off the back of the fact that he beat Hager and is kind of not done with that Blackpool Combat Club JAS business, but kind of has put it to one side now. I'd quite like him to be announced tonight. I, I kind of want that to be put in place. If you want to just do the uh, Claudio comes on stands on the ramp and nods, yeah. and Jonathan Gresham's doing it. I, all right, then fine. Go one further, put them together. I want my great Carly Rey Mysterio visual of uh, Claudio. Accepted four and a half stars. Yeah, uh, Claudio, and uh, well, you know, like, what do you mean accept that? I don't, I, don't <laughs> yeah. know what you get. I don't know what you get out of that. Um, I, like, let's promote that. If it's not him, uh, I haven't really got anybody else in mind, but because we'll have just seen a Gresham match and people will have a feel for who he is, it'll probably... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Probably 
get people's gears turning. And they'll, you know, AEW fans have maybe got three or four days to think of who they'd like for an opponent before AEW. Before Tony Khan does a graphic drop or something like yeah. that, and then you've got Dynamite to give it that one last hard sell. So I don't hate this. Um, and the match will probably be good too. The match should be pretty good. One thing I'm interested in um, on a more macro level here is ROH, as it died effectively, suffered from like a really bad identity crisis. Mm. That wasn't Strowman on like the last show. Yeah. I made that up. So With that's, the um, controlling narrative. Yeah. It all kind of came to life there and then they took it their own It way. was totally bizarre because that just illustrated the extent to which ROH's entire former USP had completely just dissolved yeah. and um, had been almost subsumed by All Elite Wrestling, which is effectively the destination for great state-of-the-art professional wrestling, serving alternative wrestling fans with clean finishes within a kind of a, a, a puro philosophy. Felt like def- Ring of Honor for a long time felt defined as much by the people who kind of yielded the most power. Yeah. So when the elite were drawing huge, then you couldn't defy what the elite wanted to do. And then they disappeared. And Bully Ray got the book. And then, and then it was Heat and yeah, the, like, the, the, the champion no one wanted, but that's Heath, bro. And, but like that probably dates back to about like, like Cornette's run, like 2008, 2009, when he tanked a load of your faves. Like that was like Ring of Honor for a long time felt more like it was this guy's Ring of Honor and then it was this guy's yeah, Ring of Honor. Yeah, it's not like, really had an identity of its own. I yeah. wonder what Khan's identity is going to be because ultimately, if Gates of Agony... It's rampage. Yeah, <laughs> like if Gates of Agony interfere here, you know for a fact that you're probably not going to get um, something Sapolsky-flavoured, mm. um, which is the Ring of Honor peak, in-ring, buzz. Not, not buzz because the Elite in 2018, like made all out. They drew money. Yeah, they drew money. All in happened pretty much as a result. It was a quasi-glorified ROH production. They actually paid for it, which <laughs> is piss funny in retrospect. Um, so but it's it's most known. If you were to think of ROH, you wouldn't necessarily think of its commercial peak or its buzz peak, but like its breakthrough, yeah. how it transformed wrestling. And if Gates of Agony interfere, you're just basically going to get a die at AEW. And it's mm-hmm. horrible to talk about AEW in the, oh, it's just your American TV wrestling company. And ROH is now going to be a died version of that. So I really want to see any interference. There is mm. no honor, pun intended, in losing. That was the whole point, really, of the promotion in the first place to get that pure influence. But we'll see tonight. Uh, been kind of not dreading this discussion. I think we've both matured since since the, the, the late days of 2019. Oh but Hamlet, there's a match here that's going to spark some memories, right? Okay. It's Lucha Brothers uh-huh. versus Private Party. Uh-huh. Can you remember the discourse in What Culture Office around that match and tag team wrestling in general and the Wednesday Night Wars? Me and Murray were so high on I the found first... match is really hard work. Yeah. <laughs> really hard work. So basically, no one tagged. No, even not. even Chris Jericho, subsequent to that match, despite it being so over in the building and yeah. pretty clear claim, divisive, but those who loved it loved it. Aye. Um it was an electrifying, if obviously illogical and flawed, North American tag mm. team wrestling match. Um I don't think they're gonna reach that peak. They clearly haven't. No one's buzzing about it from the tapings. Yeah. And that was known as one of the most electrifying matches of twenty nineteen. Um but it's interesting to see because when Private Party lost that match, it was still like, right, we'll have lost, but it was an absolute banger, and it follows the uh, the Young Bucks breakthrough. Yes. And it really just hasn't happened for them since, and it's just going to be an interesting contrast. I'm going to be watching it to really sort of make my mind up on Private Party as much as I'm going to watch like a match because there's no real stakes, mm. uh, there's no real story. I don't mind that. I love a fixture. I absolutely love a fixture. Yeah. 
but I'm just going to find it interesting on what, what what do I even think of private party? Do I see enough of them to form an opinion? Um, who's going to win? Will the match be even very good? What do you think? Well, so I, I remember those, I remember not liking those matches because I just thought it felt like fluff. Like I, I didn't get any, like you guys were high as kites on the match itself. But to me, it was sort of, it was representative of the thing I disliked the most about those early Dynamites, which was just, it just, it felt, it was the most inessential to me, AEW felt because like, I'm not doing a Pritchard thing, but like it lacked story to such a degree that like- it's a tournament in, match. In so comparison, in comparison to the Young Bucks, a private party match in terms of a story within the body of the match itself. Like, I just thought like that was AEW's first, first showing of excess of which AEW has become a little bit defined by its excess in 2022. And that was the first case of that for me. Um, but we're three years on, and the best example I can think of to use here would be, so AJ Styles was tearing it up in 2002, just stuff you'd never seen, right? In 2002 uh, Impact, or TNA at the time. And then if you flashed forward to maybe five years later, he was doing loads less in his matches, but he really, really had progressed as a wrestler. And it wasn't in that way where like, oh, he does less now, so it's boring. It really wasn't. His matches were substantially better. You know, he'd like his, his, and he would tell, he would say the same, you know, like his grasp of psychology was stronger. He'd worked with so many more guys that were helpful and bring it like your stings and your Kurt angles that were bringing him along. Like you can still do this stuff, but just like layer it better in your matches. Like figure out it's all about the when as much as it is the how and the why and the wow. Yeah. You know, has that really been the case of private party and the Lucha Brothers? Because I'm not sure. If they do less here, I don't think it's going to be a way that's like, yeah, this is so much more psychologically sound than those 2019 Rippers. It's just like, they're just doing less. Yeah, like, no. I've not been, I've not seen this private party match. It's like, yeah, Matt Hardy really talked us through the whens and the hows of these big spots. It's just, we just do a bit less. I know. And like, Lucha Brothers just like, yeah, we just mean less now. Our prestige has been dulled by overexposure and Penta can't be asked. And yeah. like, Phoenix is a, a bit injured. A little bit like, thrashing I, t- I don't know. I really have no idea. Like, if this is a 2019 ripper, it's almost like, well, fair play to them for still trying, like for maximizing the minutes. And if they're slowing it down, is it going to make it more psychologically sound? Um, I doubt that. Yeah, no, I don't know what to think of this. Ultimately, the biggest indictment is I saw this match graphic and I was like, ah, all right, that was, that was great ones. <laughs> I'm not so sure about it. Look, I'll be happy to be surprised, but I really don't think it's going to hit those heights. And you make a very interesting point there. If they're not hitting those heights and they're not sort of, the work start enriched on a yeah. different in a different way either than what we're doing here. Mm. Should they go on excursion or something? Because private party have kind of regressed badly. That's kind of become their defining uh, narrative. But Lucha Brothers to win for you? Yes. Um, Athena and Chris Statlander are in action against. Um, I was going to say something really uncouth there, but you know the Renegade Sisters. Yes. Well, the the typo of my sister's yeah. going to lick some ass tonight. <laughs> lick some ass. That all the loads of the lads got on it. It's like, the one oh, time get... I was actually glad Tony Khan replied to a tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forum guy pops his head above. And Athena and Chris Atlanta to win for you? I think so. Uh, this is good. Like, this is really good that this is happening. Um, Athena and Chris Atlanta are such a, like, a strange act in AEW together at the moment because they're two wrestlers that should be getting more spotlight as wrestlers. Statlander especially, right? But for all that, I can't actually see. Pete Doherty. Oh, man. <laughs> I've just seen a picture of Pete. Man, I'd like, I saw the Libertines at Christmas. Has he had a hard 2022? Like, has the pandemic so. just started for him? Like, the, I, I don't know. It was a good gig. They've still got it. Yeah. Like, they've still got the hits. Anyway, um, yeah, Athena and Chris Statlander. They should be on television more. I know that's a simplistic take, but oh, they should be. should be on television more. Not like this. No. 
crazy drill going off right now. That if you can hear that, I apologise because it sounded like the brown noise, you know, in South Park when they all played the recorders at the same time and everybody shoots themselves. Yeah, that was a drill. That was that drill. Yeah, like they should be on television more because Athena, she doesn't need the reps in the way that a lot of the roster needs the reps. She needs the reps because you need just more of Athena. Ember Moon's last run didn't go that well. And all she's got in the pocket is the Eclipse and that rules. Like you need plenty of that. You need to be reminded of why like you loved Athena, why you loved Ember Moon in NXT. Just matches. Matches will get you there, right? You absolutely will. Chris Statler on the, Statlander on the other hand is on the ascendancy and AEW is supposed to spot that and reward it. Like every match she gets better and better and better. The space stuff that people hated, like they dropped outright. She was more than happy to get rid of it. And yet nothing. Like this AEW cannot be the company where somebody's really getting over and nothing. Yeah. It just cannot be like, that's WWE's problem. Well, that's one of WWE's many problems. But if a character is getting over, if a person is clearly like, she tweeted recently something along the lines of like, I do hear the support I'm getting and I massively appreciate it. That speaks to this thing that we're, we're all in this and yet the company aren't. AEW cannot be that company. No, it's you, really, you have to listen to that. It's really, really irritating is at this point. And like, I, this might be considered like a uh, overly negative and incredibly cynical take, right? But Tony Khan has a booking quirk, shall we call it, where if someone just comes in, not much fanfare, like Bobby Fish, I think, is the premier example, mm. where it's like, Jesus Christ, Bobby Fish is actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks 10 years younger, and he hasn't got that absolute gigantic knee brace where he can barely move anymore. <laughs> God, Bobby Fish, what an asset he is to lose a TV match to someone. Yeah. Let's get him on every single Dynamite for six weeks, <laughs> and then we'll calm down a little bit, right? He has this thing where if someone gets over, it's like, right, okay, put them on telly and lose, mm. and lose and lose and lose, but their profile gets built up because people are respecting their efforts and defeat. I really don't think it's too cynical. That match, uh, the second one of the year, I think, between Statlander and Red Velvet, it was in June. It was on Rampage, and they lit up the building, mm. and people were going, ooh, every single time Statlander threw a forearm, it felt like a potential knockout because she was just so on fire in that match and just really put her ring work together. If a bloke got that reaction, they'd be on Dynamite losing matches. And I know the one... You'd have a arc with yeah. And why can't they do something more than, all right, okay, obligatory women's match. It's just getting so tiresome at this point this exists for one minute so that they can be seen to put a woman's match on the card and that stokely hathaway can go oh you know you can beat the renegade sisters but you can't beat jade cargill or something to that effect yeah. and it's just so boring it's just so incredibly dispiriting at this point and to borrow your original um NXT, well one of your original nxt takes and and this thing we keep going back to why would they be working tag matches if there's not anything the rankings should point towards? Like if they aren't, I know we don't want these belts particularly, but if there aren't belts, what are you doing? Like yeah. why a Thunderstorm Thunderstorm other than to sell Thunderstorm t-shirts and to like win or lose contrived matches if there's nothing? What are those ranking points get you? The, like the, the trios matches do shape your overall record, but okay. that's not a good excuse because I don't even know how the, the rankings are sort of formulated at this point either. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, so definitely think Statlander and Athena are going to win. Oh, I think so. I think it might go their way. Anyway, right. Let us know what you think of that um, tightly contested match between um, Statlander and Athena and the Renegade Sisters um, under the Twitter link at WhatCulture.com. 
WWE. Let us know as well if you're going to wake up at half five for this one, if you just catch it at some point. Talk on... us through how you watch AEW. Yeah, it's absolutely. quite late in America on a Friday night. People might be out, you know, they might... Uh, what is it? It's not Sky Plus, is it? It's not even TiVo anymore. DVR. 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 What are the DVR numbers of Rampage with our listeners? Indeed. If it's a half five or a... I'll get round to it at some point over the weekend. <laughs> Rampage for you. Um, again, at What Culture WWE. Whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at M. Sidgwick. This drilling is driving me insane. At M. Sidgwick. Again, follow us all at What Culture WWE. Stick around um, on your podcast feeds because we've also, rather, got the SmackDown preview for you. We had the Dynamite review yesterday. I'm sure some lists and news will drop over the weekend, or maybe not, actually. We'll see about that. (laughs) Um, But regardless, next week, hopefully we'll be back to normal in terms of the schedule, in terms of the noise disruption, and all the rest of it. Enjoy your weekends. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We appreciate it um, greatly. Greatly. And we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.